0: Welcome to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM.
1: Okay, Sharon, I guess we're on the air, and um, our first guest is on the line. Welcome, Dr. Marina Romanetz. Well, hello. Hi, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, come on uh, Senior Moments today and talk about Ukraine. Uh, I realize... um, Dr. Romanetz, that I, I want to put a the in front of a vowel sometimes. And, and when I do that, I'm objectifying something. And, and I was shocked that I do that kind of. And so when you, you pointed out to me that it's Ukraine, not the (laughs) Ukraine, I, I had to really look at why I'm doing that. And you teach, you teach English, don't you?
2: Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm glad that I have some educational purpose here. Um, Well, and uh, that people might be introduced to some of the things that they didn't think about. Exactly.
1: And, And, you know, I really am sorry that I don't know more about Ukraine. I did look it up and studied it. And I was absolutely surprised at how ignorant I am of Europe. And uh, at school, I think we learned about Britain more than Canada even, and uh, possibly the United States. But uh, uh, Ukraine is uh, the second largest country in Europe.
2: Yes, it is.
1: And it's gone through some terrible, um, troubling times.
2: Well, definitely it's uh, an ancient culture which goes back like thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And uh, it has rich history uh, of different kinds of uh, happy and unhappy developments. It has been uh, part of the Russian Empire since uh, the mid of the 16th century. And then uh, uh, the Russian Empire transformed uh, into the Soviet Empire and uh, Ukraine uh, finally um, achieved its independence in the 1990s with a referendum about Ukrainian independence.
1: And I read that uh, Khrushchev was Ukrainian.
2: Uh, well, he was not actually Ukrainian, he was Russian, uh-huh. uh, but he was a sort of posing as Ukrainian guy, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and uh, they tell different kinds of stories uh, about Stalin and how Stalin wanted Khrushchev to be an entertainer uh, <laughs> during the in dinner parties, oh. and uh, Khrushchev was performing in uh, a typical Ukrainian embroidered shirt and uh, <laughs> Ukrainian folk dances. Oh, so that was his function.
1: Oh, really? And, um, and but he was the one that put Crimea um, over into part of uh, Ukraine.
2: Um, well, with the Crimea, it's a different story. It's not, it's again uh, uh, part of the propaganda mythology that Russia okay. was the one who handed in Ukraine, uh, Crimea to Ukraine. Uh, um, it was because of different kinds of economic difficulties in Crimea, mm-hmm. uh, since it was part of the Russian Federation, and there there was no direct contact with the Russian uh, Federation because Crimea was bordering with Ukraine. Uh, there was shortage of water, and there were like different other problems. Um, the peninsula was practically dying out. Oh, uh, and. Uh, as a result, it was an economic decision uh, mm-hmm. by the uh, Communist Party mm-hmm. uh, of the Soviet Union uh, to practically integrate it into uh, Ukrainian, mm-hmm. then Soviet Socialist Republic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it became uh, international. It became economically integrated. And after that, the economy of uh, Crimea started to flourish. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is yet another moment that people are not aware of, Mm -hmm. uh, because an equal portion of uh, Ukrainian territory was uh, handed uh, in exchange to the Russian Federation. So it was uh, not a gift. It was not something that was done voluntarily, because uh, sometimes you can hear stories that uh, Khrushchev suddenly decided to do that, Mm -hmm. but that is not exactly um, the fact. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was, again, as I was saying, um, swapping the territories.
1: It's sort of like um, Alaska belonged to Russia, and, and Russia, I think, sold Alaska to the United States, I think.
2: Well, it seems to me that with Alaska, it was different, Uh but uh, it was sold to the United States. Yes. As far as I remember, the Russian Empire got money for it. And
1: and so, Ukraine has got um, many borders with many different countries bordering on them, plus they have um, a sea and an ocean, I think, or or is it the Black Sea? So it really, like the territory of Ukraine, um, the ability to have all of these neighbors is, when I think of Canada, you know, we have one neighbor. And, and then I think of Europe, and it seems to me, well, I suppose that because it was, the, what, the Rus- Russo-Hungarian area at one time, all of it was.
2: Uh, it was uh, austro Hungary. Right. area. Right, uh, Austro, right. Yeah, well, the part of Ukraine, actually, that I am from, it used to be Austro-Hungary. Oh, yes. Uh, before um, the First World War, after the First World War, uh, it was occupied uh, by Romania. Okay.
3: Until 1940, and
2: uh, in 1940, according to Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact, between Stalin and uh, Hitler, uh-huh. about the division of uh, Poland and uh, Czechoslovakia, uh, it became a uh, part of the Soviet Ukraine.
1: And I didn't know that um, Ukraine was invaded by Germany, by Hitler, right. and by Stalin. I didn't. I didn't know that. Like, I don't know why I didn't know it, but I just thought it was Germany that was uh, taking over
2: Europe. Yeah, it was Germany, but there was uh, quite a tight cooperation mm-hmm. between Stalin's Soviet Union and uh, Hitler's Germany. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were allies uh, after uh, Poland has fallen. Um, There was a mutual parade of victory, which was staged by the Soviet and uh, the German military, Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, the cooperation was going on at the same time, although Stalin was getting ready. Uh, To invade because he wanted to occupy Europe completely, but then somehow Hitler was ahead of him, Mm -hmm. and uh, that is why Hitler attacked uh, the Soviet Union. But the um, Second World War uh, started earlier than that. It started in 1939 uh, with the division of uh, Poland and uh, the division of uh, Czechoslovakia
1: and in my and mind then
2: the soviets were at war with uh, finland
1: oh
3: uh, yes it was
2: the winter finnish war and uh, um, um, the soviets lost it uh-huh so they didn't they didn't occupy uh, finland completely they occupied only some territories of finland because there was quite a ferocious resistance on the behalf of finland So the Soviet Union was part of the Second World War practically right from its very beginning. And then only with the invasion of Hitler in 1941, it was June 1941, that Stalin... Suddenly, found himself not on the Hitler side, yes. but on the opposite side of the an anti-Hitler alliance.
1: And, yes, um, and so he just switched over because uh, Hitler was invading Russia.
2: Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And by the way, uh, what I um, probably should answer that the first uh, um, just target of Hitler's. Um, bombing was uh, uh, Kyiv, oh. the capital of Ukraine. Oh. oh, really? Okay. Yes, and it was it was early in the morning. Uh-huh. Uh, the war started without any official announcement of the hostilities, uh, and uh, uh, what's quite symbolic that when Russia reinvaded Ukraine this year, they bombed Kyiv again yeah. at 4 o'clock.
1: Isn't, oh my goodness, that's awful. I mean, that's incredibly um, spooky to me that they would make sure that the, it was Kiev at, at the same time. What in earth is going on? And so, in the 1990s, um, in the 1990s, that's when Ukraine first got their sort of their own country. Yeah. Independence.
2: Uh, yes, it was the independence which was proved uh, by uh, all national referendum, and uh, the majority of people, ninety something percent, voted for Ukrainian independence then. But that was practically um, the starting time of uh, Russia somehow to uh, plot the restoration of the Soviet Union because they wanted to just uh, um, form uh, the uh, Union of Independent States first. Uh, Then they wanted to do, like, different kinds of things so that Russia could somehow integrate Ukraine, Mm -hmm. if not politically, if not um, just territorially. Uh, but um, economically, because mm-hmm. of, of uh, Russian gas uh, Then there was uh, that, um, hybrid um, things happening Because uh, there was a political influence Because Russia was trying to influence um, Ukraine politically And practically to install their own candidates as presidents uh, oh, okay. Of Ukraine, yeah. and uh, that happened in 2004. Oh. Uh, and it was the time uh, of Ukrainian Orange Revolution because uh, the results of the election uh, were riddled, and uh, um, there was this um, very passionate national uprising against uh, um, just the assault on uh, democratic values and uh, on people's Uh right to vote. Uh And that is why there was yet another uh, tour of uh, elections. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another round of elections where a democratic candidate won. Uh But before that happened Putin, uh, who was supporting that Uh, previous president, whose name is Yanukovych. Um, So he congratulated him uh, twice on winning the election without. He was so sure that the Russian scenario was going to just play out perfectly that he didn't believe that it was not happening.
1: You know, and so many of us didn't believe it was going to happen. Uh, We all hear my friends and I discussing this invasion, oh, no, it's not going to happen. Oh, no, they're not going to bomb. Oh, no. I mean, uh, uh, this is, um, we couldn't believe that it would happen. We still can't believe that it's happening and we're not intervening more.
2: Yeah, it's uh, its a very dramatic situation every day. I'm reading the news. I am uh, just shocked. yes. And uh, I am shocked by violence, Russian violence. Yes. I am I am shocked by barbarity. Yes. Uh, because they are claiming that they are targeting exclusively military death um, sites. Yes. But at the same time, they are destroying series, They are bombing and uh, shelling um, just living quarters. And uh, it's really um, terrible.
1: Well, you know, I in my own personal mind, I think th- this is insanity. I mean, why would you destroy the infrastructure of a of a country? Uh, why would you just destroy all that? It just seems like you've got rubble. What are you doing and why are you doing it? And uh and at one point when I read some of the history, uh, Ukrainian was the main language of, uh, and the culture was seen as the main language of Russia and uh, Ukrainian. I, it's just madness.
2: Yeah, well, uh, um, I have been reading lots of uh, analytical reports about what is happening and uh, today I was listening to a podcast by uh, a very reputable Ukrainian political analyst. And uh, he was somehow explaining the rationale behind uh, uh, what Putin is doing in Ukraine. Because first of all, he didn't um, discount on resistance because uh, they were thinking about the re And here I have to point out uh, again because probably not everybody is aware of the fact that the war did not start in uh, uh, february uh, two thousand twenty two but it started in february uh, two thousand and fourteen after ukrainian revolution of uh, dignity uh, when again uh, uh, just a um, puppeteer in kremlin uh, couldn't keep his grip on Ukrainian politics, and that is why the corrupt president was questioned, because uh, um, he uh, refused to uh, signed the agreement with the European Union, which yes. was already ready and on the go. The last minute when he was already on the site in Europe and nobody expected him, everybody was hoping that he would sign, uh, um, he officially declined it. Yeah. And then the prime minister announced that um, it was not Profitable for Ukraine, uh, uh, that Ukraine is going to pursue a different route, that Ukraine should be friends with Russia, and so on and so forth. Mm -hmm. And the, the revolution of dignity started as a student's protest because students. Where uh, just uh, uh, supporting the uh, European aspirations of Ukraine because Ukraine has been a uh, part of uh, europe a European country which has been uh, connected by different kinds of cultural and historical ties with europe and then since the government decided to suppress Quite violently, the student, the peaceful student protest. Yeah. Uh-huh.
3: Um,
2: there was an indignation on behalf of the inhabitants of Kiev, citizens of Ukraine, and there was a million of people who gathered on the square. And then uh, there were different kinds of very tense and uh, dramatic. Um, just moments in this uh, um, counter, countering of uh, uh, European aspirations of people and uh, the government and president who were opposing them. And then it ended up with uh, the president fleeing from Ukraine. And uh, that was the time when Russian stepped in, Mm there was the time when Crimea was annexed by Russia, Uh and then uh, eventually there was part of uh, um, the eastern part of Ukraine, uh, which was occupied uh, by Russia. Um, So this time uh, it has been uh, already the um, massive um, re-invasion mm-hmm. of Ukraine, mm-hmm. because uh, Russia uh, practically started the advance uh, throughout the Russian borderline with Ukraine. Um, and uh, it's, uh, it's quite unbelievable how it was happening. But I'm getting, again, I don't mm, forget your question. Mm -hmm. I'm getting, again, to why um, Putin is doing that. Yeah. Um, He is practically obsessed with his uh, uh, his historical mission Uh uh, to restore uh, great power of uh, Russia. In his mind, uh, Russians, Ukrainians, and Yellow Russians are... Uh, all Russian people, Uh Um, so are all one nation. Uh And since there is the resistance in Ukraine, he doesn't really care at this point to just preserve infrastructure or to somehow, I don't know, gain from uh, this uh, possible or uh, perspective from his point of view, acquisition of Ukraine or suppression of Ukraine. Uh Um, He needs the territory. He doesn't need people. Yeah. Uh, he would kill as many civilians as he can. They started already evacuating people uh, to Russia, uh-huh. uh, taking away their Ukrainian passport, yeah. sending them to different kinds of distance, uh, distance to parts of uh, Russia. Uh, without the right to leave the place where they are sent and uh, uh, working at a particular facility that they are uh, assigned to. Uh. Uh, Then they have been uh, taken to Russia Ukrainian children, and uh, there is a system of orphanages in Ukraine. So children from orphanages have been uh, taken to uh, Russia. Uh-huh. Nobody knows what's happening with them. There are no records, and uh, uh, it's impossible to officially get any response of what has been happening to Ukrainian citizens. So what Putin is aiming at, mm-hmm. uh, to depopulate Ukraine uh, as much as he can, uh, to push out, because uh, now people are emigrating not only to the uh, western part of Ukraine, but uh-huh. then it's no longer safe either. Uh, that is why people go to Poland to Europe and some people are coming to Canada uh-huh. uh, well uh, anyway, so he wants uh, as many uh, people uh, killed uh-huh. uh, people pushed out yeah. uh, those people who are uh, who disagree. Was being Russians Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, who are for their own state, their Mm -hmm. own land, Mm -hmm. which in Ukraine they are going to be um, just incarcerated in concentration camps. Uh, And uh, um, the rest who were eagerly accepting the new order are going to become Russians. So what they are going to do, Uh, they destroy historical uh, places, they destroy schools, they destroy, uh, well, they destroy the theater completely, with uh, um, hundreds of people hiding in the theater, Uh, and nobody knows right now what has happened to them. They say that the basement um, was not um, damaged. But at the same time, the Russians do not really allow people to um, just look for uh, people who might be buried there. Well, uh, anyway, and uh, then they're building uh, maternity wards, they're um, just shelling hospitals. Um, Well, they destroy everything that they can, and they shoot civilians if uh, they feel like shooting civilians, if civilians do not uh, obey or uh, obey their orders, and uh, uh, it's it's like terrible, it's so barbaric that it's impossible even to imagine, and today I read something which is, uh, again, uh, uh, quite incomprehensible. Uh, because uh, um, they uh, just didn't allow people um, of the region, which the Russians are controlling right now, to evacuate the farm, um, which was farming horses. And uh, uh, they um, just walked the horses in the stable and then they put the stables on fire. And, uh, yeah. We can't believe uh, the cruelty. And uh, I can't believe uh, um, the absence of any kind of ethics or compassion or morality of what is happening in this particular war.
1: On Amanpour, um last night, uh, she, they were interviewing a photographer who's over there with the New York Times, and she had taken a picture of a, a mother and child and a friend who had been shot and killed. And, uh, this is a baby, like a two year old baby. This is just a madman who, um, I have no idea. I don't think any of us since Hitler have, have seen anything. And so many people don't remember Hitler. They don't remember Germany. They don't remember that invasion. And yet, uh, Hitler and Stalin and all those people from the First World War that, um, Killed so many people, but they, they said there was over six thousand people killed already, uh, just um, citizens. Uh, that that's their count, and then they have dead bodies all over the place. Uh, people are trying to dig um, great mass graves for them. I mean, really and truly, uh, Doctor Romanet, what on earth is going to end up?
2: Well, I have no idea what is going on. Ukraine is asking for no-fly zone uh, over Ukraine. uh, And uh, I myself and uh, many of my colleagues and uh, uh, friends have signed uh, uh, petitions to our uh, member of parliament. Uh uh, And, uh, um, well, anyway, we are trying to do our best. At the same time, uh, uh, there is a caution on behalf of uh, NATO because uh, if uh, uh, NATO um, just implements an off fly zone, it would mean that it might uh, be the collision uh, yes. directly with Russia and uh, NATO, and that is why they say it's the beginning of the Third World War. Uh-oh. Although it looks like the third world war has already begun. I think. Because uh, if uh, um, I don't, I believe um, in victory of uh, Ukrainian people and Ukrainian army, they are absolutely amazing, very courageous heroes. But at the same time, uh, in case if uh, uh, Putin manages by some uh, um, means, uh, To prevail in Ukraine, he is not going to stop. He is going to move further. And uh, this is indicated quite clearly in uh, a number of his speeches because uh, uh, he demands uh, the control over the former Soviet, or he wants the control of the former Soviet republics. Mm -hmm. Um, So before the collapse of the USSR. At the same time, uh, he is also claiming. Uh, the former Soviet bloc,
3: right. uh,
2: which includes Poland, which includes Hungary, um Slovak Republic, uh, Czech Republic, uh, then uh, um, yeah, Romania, uh, Latvia, yeah. Estonia... Uh, well, part of Germany, right, mm-hmm. which used to be under Soviet, the Soviet control. So practically all uh, the um, arrangements of the Cold War, yes. when there was this bipolar division of the world, uh, uh, to the spheres into the spheres of uh, interest. One was supposed to be uh, just controlled by the USA as a superpower, and the other superpower. Status um, was just uh, um, given, or um, the Soviet Union occupied it. So what Putin wants is uh, uh, just become a first-class world player, and, uh, yeah. determining what is going to happen. Yeah. So his ambition is not only the restoration of. A, um, just whatever the shape of control of the Soviet Union was, but it goes uh, further away. Yeah. And uh, one of his claims is that practically he, he is not at war with Ukraine. Yeah. Um, the war is between Russia and uh, NATO.
1: Yes, right. And yeah. Ukraine
2: happens to be just a territory and he is just uh, killing people, although he says that They never um, harm civilians because it's only military uh, facilities that they are uh, just attacking. But at the same time, the whole world can see what's going on there because uh, there are journalists on site. Right. Uh, then there are people um, who have uh, formed uh, the International uh, Legion in Ukraine and some Canadians, very famous, as far as I understand, the uh, Canadian sniper is part of this Legion as well, and there were rumors about his uh, uh, just death. But uh, today he uh, just gave an interview or whatever is was said. But uh, yeah, he's.
1: Dr. uh, Romanetz, we're we're out of time. I'm so sorry. Um, I need to talk to you more about this. Um, And so uh, can I get a hold of you and we can continue on? We'll set up another time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I didn't realize that there is... Um, just the time. Yes. Me, well, we're all we're all listening, and we're all interested. And so, I will get in touch with you and invite you back, and we continue on. And you can teach us uh, what we're not being taught on uh, our news channels.
2: Okay. Well, uh, I'll gladly do that. And uh, thank you for. Uh, having me thank you for giving me a possibility of uh, uh talking about it to people who might not be just very much interested in politics, but yeah. somehow they might be uh aware of what is going on uh, and uh, I really appreciate that and thank i want, I
1: want to learn more, so I will be in touch with you and I thank you so much because this is a very painful subject. And uh, I know you have your day ahead of you. So thank you very much, Dr. Romanetz, and I'll be in touch. Well,
2: thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: And we'll take a short break and be back with our next guest.
0: Be listening throughout the BKT Tires and OK Tire World Women's Curling Championship for the Windsor Plywood World Women's Curling Championship reports here on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Before, between, and after each draw, tune in for updates as the best teams from around the world are on the ice at CN Center battling for curling supremacy. Sponsored in part by Save On Foods and Big O Tires, Windsor Plywood World Women's Curling Championship reports through Sunday only here on 93.1 CFIS FM. Your Prince George Public Library is proud to be a part of Here Are Words, a storytelling
2: showcase. Open to Northern BC Indigenous youth age 5 to 29, this year's story submissions must be related to the theme honoring elders. Prizes will be awarded in five categories. Short story, poetry, music or song, visual art, and performance art. Entry submission forms and full details are available at
0: weavingwords.org. Here are Words, a storytelling showcase. Submission deadline is May 13th. The Alzheimer's Society of BC is continuing their series of online webinars. Everyone is encouraged to learn more about dementia and its stark impact on Canadians through their website, alzbc.org. While there, you can also register for free webinars or watch previous presentations. The next webinar is on living safely with dementia tomorrow from 2 to 3. The Alzheimer's Society of BC, bringing you support and information for dementia at alzbc.org. Prince George five-day forecast from Environment Canada for today. Cloudy, becoming a mix of sun and cloud this afternoon. Wind from the south at 40k, gusting to 60, a high of 12. Tonight, partly cloudy, gusting south winds continuing, a low of 5. On Wednesday, cloudy, the 70% chance of showers in the morning, clearing in the afternoon. Winds gusting from the northwest and a high of 8. Sunny zeal for Thursday, a low of minus 8, a high of 6. Cloudy on Friday with a low of minus 4, a high of 6. And Saturday, periods of snow or rain, a low of 0, a high of 7. The long-range forecast for Sunday and Monday, a mix of sun and cloud each day with a 30% chance of flurries Sunday, lows of minus 5, and highs around 9. You're listening to Senior Moments on 93.1 CFIS-FM. Brought to you in part by Riverbend Seniors Community. When you live at Riverbend, you will feel right at home.
1: Okay, Sharon, we're back on, and this time our guest is in the station. Isn't that neat? Yeah. So welcome, Patrick. John Murphy. Thank you very much for having me. <laughs> and Patrick's here to talk about his favorite subject, and one I'm really interested in learning more about is permaculture. Yes. And uh, I talked to a friend of mine about permaculture and forest forests and how forests don't need humans. And uh, and she kind of got mad at me that well who doesn't know about that well you know what I don't
4: <laughs> well a lot of people no don't, they don't you know they think they can control nature but I mean we got to learn from it that's how we learned a lot of things through history
1: well I think yes and I, and you know. I think about geothermal and how the bears knew about that long before we did. Yeah. <laughs> and the, the, the humans that would have been around then would be, why are those bears going into there? And they might go and investigate and find out that it was pretty darn warm in there yeah. in the middle of winter. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about, because we're, we're really um, insecure as far as our food supply goes and um i have a like this dream of having this massive uh greenhouse that's geothermal and solar and wind and we all work in it we all produce food for each other and uh, you know i would like to see that because the fires and the floods and we were cut off for how long somebody said oh well it all comes from alberta well, it didn't all come from Alberta. It came from down in Vancouver and down and over in California and, and we couldn't get it up the highway.
4: Yeah, it's really sad too. And like it, it's, it's a really easy thing to do because if we all, if we all did more of permaculture, we are, we'd have a better. S- sustainable food system for everyone because I mean we could uh, we end up eventually producing so much that we couldn't eat it all and we yeah. could share with our neighbors and yes. our friends and yep. the less fortunate right and yeah. in a time of crisis like everybody if everybody in Prince George did that there'd be 80,000 people there'd be more than enough food we could give we could almost supply a whole nother town yeah. with food in yeah. case of emergency
1: yeah everybody's gotten too soft everybody's gotten dependent on on the big box yep. places and, and I grew up with horses delivering bread, milk. We didn't have a uh, fridge. We had an ice box yeah. and the sign was in the window, 25 pounds and the guy would bring, we, we did use coal, which was awful, but there was a patch of, of property across the road from us and all the neighbors that got their shovels dug it up and planted potatoes. And, uh, there was very, there was really the horses, the one man came out from Toronto once a month and picked up the stuff you couldn't recycle on the side of the road. And then he took it into Toronto, and we called him the sheeny man or the rags and bones. That was it, rags and bones. And everybody had a garden, and everybody went and uh, gathered up the manure and put it on their gardens. And permaculture, from what I understand, is working with nature, not against it. That's yeah. what the word means.
4: Yeah. It's permanent agriculture. So what you're trying to do is uh, get more plants that come back every year instead of annuals. You're yes. using perennials, right? Yes. And... Uh, the thing about perennials is the longer they grow, usually the better and more they produce right yes. and there 's so many perennials out there that it 's mind blowing that yeah. we, like even lettuce there 's a perennial type of
1: lettuce that you can get yeah, yeah, and when you think of it we've we 've changed our diet from what our diet used to be because we ate root vegetables, apples, pears. Uh, we didn't have all the fancy food that we're getting now in the stores. Uh, and so our diet consisted of what we could grow in this area, in this weather, and what yep. the farmers could grow. Yep. Now we're wanting all this luxurious, and that's why I thought of a, a great big um, greenhouse we could grow pineapples and bananas and stuff like that.
4: Yeah, and a geothermal greenhouse. Which <laughs> yeah, I- totally. Well there's a there's a man uh he lives in almost the same climate as us in America, and he's got a geothermal greenhouse, and it's filled with oranges. Oh, boy. And oh. it'll be middle of the winter, the roof will be covered in snow, yeah. and he he go pick you an orange. Oh, oh. Fresh.
1: Have you ever been like in an how? orange plantation? I've never. I them. was down in Florida, and, and uh, they even make perfume out of orange peel, That's and it neat. is the nicest perfume. I don't know if they do it anymore or not. That's neat. Um, it's funny, because i I I checked this morning, um, where are the largest uh, greenhouses? And there's a rooftop greenhouse in Montreal that um, produces 11,000 kilograms of food a week. Wow. Now, this is a rooftop greenhouse in Montreal. Why can't we do something like that? And so I'm talking about the old days, but you're talking about the old days, but you're bringing it up to the 21st century. Oh, yeah,
4: we're trying to, because I mean, uh, things were done right back in the day yeah, and like all this like you talk about the food like people want all this nice food but all this food is filled with stuff that we're not used to eating Yes, and it causes health problems whether people want to accept it or not I mean yes it might taste delicious but I tell you there's nothing better tasting than something freshly harvested from your own garden you pick it that day and you eat it it is delicious
1: pull a carrot out of the ground wipe the dirt off you don't wash it you eat the dirt (laughs) God made dirt dirt (laughs) don't hurt <laughs> and so it, it's i mean we'd go and raid the neighbors gardens right yeah. <laughs> and pull their carrots
4: one well, another problem too is a lot of people think they have to clean up their yard oh there's leaves i have to get rid of them i have to bag them up but no you have to do what nature does you yeah. just dump it right on the plants because it breaks down bugs will it's come much. along and eat them worms will come along and eat them and you want worm poop in your garden that yeah, you is do. Like the best it, it, fertilizer compost it, 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 kind of thing you can get
1: yeah yeah and i i never rake a leaf and and in the spring um i might mow them you know but otherwise and i i think what are lawns for what's the point of a lawn why aren't you growing vegetables in your front lawn
4: yeah i know and it's it's kind of silly too because like okay you pay money to pay for gas <laughs> to pollute our environment yep. and then you're just giving yourself extra work to now oh I gotta carry this shaky thing that shakes my arm around.
1: You well know. what's the point of it? Why not um why not plant things that are for well see my my bee for the pollinators. Yeah. And don't cut the dandelions. It's all the food that is available oh, in yep, the spring.
4: Yeah, they need it.
1: And um and so, do you have a? Well, of course you have a garden. Yes. Yeah. Tell me how you got into permaculture. Did somebody? Uh,
4: I just started liking uh, my. My wife was more into the gardening, and then I seen a couple of nice flowers. I was like, "Oh, those are pretty nice." And I was like, oh, "I want to grow some sunflowers." And then I just started watching some videos, and I seen about permaculture, and I was like, "That seems smart." Like, yeah.
1: you know, permaculture yeah. It's yeah. better and better as yeah. you go. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so you're going with nature. So, talk, let's talk first about a forest and, um, what a forest does without humans.
4: Okay, well, uh, well, what we're trying to do is we're trying to replicate the natural ecosystem and patterns found in nature. Yeah. And, uh, A lot of time people, they try to mess with it too much a little bit. And we just need to sit back. And, like, when you're first getting into it, they tell you, like, just observe your land. Just watch your land and see where the sun comes in the most. If there's a a rainy, you know, if you get a puddle somewhere. Because you can work with that to your advantage. You can use the wet spot and plant water-loving plants there. Or, you know, like, different things like that. That's why they want you to observe first.
1: Yeah. And then... You start to plan, then, where you're going to put what, when. Yeah, you
4: you want to plan, but a lot of people think it's about clearing everything, and... And, oh, there's a tree here. I got to get rid of, but that's wrong because you can plant with the trees like a pine tree. You yeah. want to plant blueberries around pine trees because they love the acidity. Uh, the yeah. Acidi- uh, sorry.
1: <laughs> acidity. <laughs> acidity. Yeah, yeah. Of the of the pine
4: needles. Yeah. And then there's just different techniques like that, and a lot of plants like uh, in nature they work together. Like there's a whole system under the ground that we don't see, and like a person with fruit trees, they they might have an apple tree and they think, oh well, I got weeds over here. I'm going to spray. 20 feet over ah. here but that's wrong because the root system all works together and they share yep. that poison so really uh, that poison is go- still going into your fruit tree and you're eating yes it might be little particles of it but you're still ingesting it yeah you are and that's you don't want to do it when there's more natural ways of doing stuff yeah and like a more balanced ecosystem uh, will create the a, a good balance of bugs you won't get and you know like oh these aphids are just yeah. ravishing my garden but when you have got a good mixture there's beneficial bugs that'll come along and eat them because you have ladybugs yeah you Lady have ladybugs lead, you got all your, dragonflies you yep. got you know lots of things
1: yeah and um and that's the whole thing about objectifying uh that we think that because we have a brain that we're more intelligent than every other living thing and without every other living thing, we would be not here.
4: And we wouldn't know a lot because uh, we've learned so much from animals. Sonar. Where did son- sonar come from? Yeah, animals, whales. Yeah, right? Yeah. we've and bats. Uh, yeah, yeah. We've learned a lot. Like, there's so many technologies that we rely on that we learned from animals which is funny
1: yeah well I, I, but people don't see it that way they think they are the ones that they and discovered
2: yet it. Yeah, yeah
1: and and yet um i think about uh some groups of um gangs of, of boys <laughs> that you know are are ganged together well it kind of makes me think of uh the bucks and the, the the bull moose and and the bulls when they who learned how to do that <laughs> and um and I really do like Judy too is a gardener and she's trying uh, yeah and uh, I'm a nature lover and I watch nature and I'm I realize I live in a a floodplain what can I grow there that will be happy. And I looked up the trees that will grow. And, and when I look at a picture of my driveway when I first arrived, uh, nothing down the drive. Now I have a bower and I have th- these trees all over top of the, the, my driveway touching each other. Nice. And I have birch and pine and uh, willows and weeping willows. And, uh, and then I just had, um, a very dear person just put in a bunch of sticks around for 50 some odd sticks in my lawn. I don't want a lawn. What do I want a lawn for? To have to have a, uh, somebody come in and cut it for me or have a little tractor that costs $5,000. Yeah,
4: extra work. Yeah. But in the environment, when you just go with ground cover and there's lots of different ground covers, like, uh, right now I'm growing clover. And uh, it spreads by itself, and it produces bees. Or yep. sorry, it produces flowers. bees. It produces Food. flowers for the bees. Yes,
1: yeah. So and it's it's it helps good to eat. It, it, I don't know if you've eaten a, a flower off a of clover, but it's really delicious.
4: No, I have not tried that yet. you have,
1: well try that. Make sure the dog didn't pee on it. First. <laughs> <laughs> I will make sure. <laughs> and um, there's all kinds of edible flowers. And uh and then you have to look at the zones that you're in, right? In we're zone three yeah, I think yeah, here. Yeah. And uh and what can be hardy enough. Uh you know, the the one thing I love the volunteer plants like the um uh, those roses that they call Alberta roses, but they grow everywhere and they wow, and they got those beautiful vitamin C um i p- picked a lot of those vitamin th- hips. Th- yeah, the hips, hips, yeah, and i fed them to my horses and they just started farting and kicking and <laughs> running and i thought oh maybe i shouldn't give it to them but that's full of vitamin c right yeah and i think that the things that grow naturally um we need to look at replanting them in our yards in our front yards and uh uh, yeah, so,
4: so well, yeah. Well, uh, a lot of things work with each other because uh, uh, the science that we're also learning too about uh, planting a permaculture forest is that one plant will give off um, like nitrogen, yes, and then another will give off calcium. Yeah, like you can grow bok choy, kale, mustard greens. They all produce calcium for your garden and nitrogen. You can grow peas. Peanuts, clover, alfalfa. Yeah. And and what you really want to do is mash things together because you don't want straight rows or anything. You just want... and, it, right. and it, People say it's an art or it's a, a science. I like to call it both because it, it you're working with science, but it's also an art. You get to play with your own landscape and create it how you see fit yeah. and plant the things that you like. And you can plant them where you like and try new things. Mm-hmm. And, and it it'd be really nice to uh have a more reliable sustainable food chain for our for our community.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and and I mean we need to organ, we need to get together more as yeah. a group, I think maybe in the spring that this uh all everyone around the table. And then I found this group called um One Earth. And it's about uh, sustaining um, humanity the way you're talking with food right across the
4: whole world. Yeah, I would love to see that.
1: Yeah. And
4: yeah. uh, uh, there's the, the good news is, though, there's a lot of people in other countries like I uh, I follow a few people in Africa and I talk to them once in a while and they're starting permaculture over there. And oh, it's, good. it's happening in uh, Iraq and in a lot of places all over the world. Like, it's really picking up. Yeah. And people are learning. Well, it's such a neat idea, though, to, like, grow a forest and you can just walk out there and, ooh, I can pick this or yeah. I can use this for medicine or, you know. Yes.
3: Like,
1: yes. That's. A when I was a kid, everybody had an apple tree, a cherry tree, and our neighbors had the sweet cherries. We had the sour cherries. I got caught stealing the, the sweet cherries, and I got into big trouble about that. But we had an apple tree in the backyard. We had a little bit of a garden. We even had a walnut tree. Nice. With black walnuts that I'd take these bricks and be smashing my, and eating walnuts. <laughs> and. Uh, how did we lose that?
4: I'd say mass production because, you know, like now they got one guy farming 20 acres. Yeah. That's that's silliness. When you, it used to be like, I, I've done research this on, my, on myself and I, yep. I, I I wish I lived back kind of yeah. in those days where a whole community would come together, they'd help you plant your field, yep. and then when it came to harvest, the whole community would come back and you'd have a big harvest festival. We don't even have those anymore. No. No, what we do Yeah.
1: Where did they go? Yeah. like Well, they went into these cell phones and computers and they've taken, you know, they've taken our. our um
4: Dependence. Yeah. Dependency. Dependency
1: they, is just the worst thing in the whole wide no, world. No, they've
4: taken our independence. Yeah. They made us dependent. Yeah, we're yeah. dependent. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. dependent on the, we're totally dependent on the system. Because, I mean, like, if the grocery store stops selling food do you have enough food growing to sustain yourself no neither do i and most people don't that's the sad even even a farmer because i mean even if he's growing food he's selling most of his food (laughs) to make a living to make a living right and it's it's kind of a struggle for a lot of people that's why it'd be nice to see people work together more as a community that's why i'm trying to create more uh group pages and bring people together like let's not okay well i bought an apple tree yeah You know, in a couple years, I can take clippings off that apple tree and I can share them with you. Yep. You know. Yeah. That's what we need to do. We need to start sharing all this stuff with each other because if we did that, okay. Well, I just traded my red currant for twenty other blueberries, blueberries, and 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 apple trees, and you could just trade with so many people that you could have just an abundance and so many different varieties of stuff. It would be amazing.
1: Well, I live down in Spencer's Bridge. For a few years And we had a community garden down there And my day was Wednesday And that was the day that I went over And I watered And I I, uh, We we really didn't weed a lot We just made sure we had lots of water And and that's where uh, And that was on the reserve And, and uh, we all worked together We all took what we needed I was a single person I didn't need a lot the families with lots of kids and stuff got a lot. But down there, you can grow anything in Spencer's Bridge, Litton, Lillouette, as long as you have a drop of water. Nice. And uh, Except maybe peas. They don't like the hot weather. <laughs> uh, I don't know. We had everything. I with The biggest uh, green peppers, oh, so sweet when you take them off the vine. So if I was going to do this, um, I read something about circles making circles uh you can do it any way you want really
4: yeah it 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 doesn't have to be a pattern it doesn't have to look like anything like most people's food forests it just looks like a forest there's a little walkway and there's little path paths branching off and yeah. it's a made like i've seen, you can watch uh some good videos on YouTube of some people uh one person had uh, one that was about 15 years old and they had a hardy kiwi growing up another tree and it after 15 years it produces 1 ton of fruit oh every year. Oh my goodness. Year. Yeah, like I could oh never Oh my
1: gosh. 1 ton Hello, kiwi. Yeah, yeah, well, kiwi's another uh, foreign substance that we don't grow here, but I suppose we could.
4: Well, and we need to bring the gardening, you know, we need to bring it back, and because it will help so many people, especially lower-income families, and like... like uh, Oh, wow. You know, up here in the northern areas, we struggle with available, availability of fresh fruit, vegetables, and reasonably priced nutritious food. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the good news is that it, there's a resurgence of people growing food and starting to do this again. And I'm trying to help. Um, like this year, I'm going to be giving away more seeds. Like I have a seed library started. Anybody oh, can join the group. Good. Yeah. Well, I give okay. seeds for free and yeah. I also have a permaculture. Culture page. We also have a local uh, Prince George Prince George gardening group that anybody's welcome to join and learn. We you can ask questions, you can share pictures of your flowers.
1: Yeah, yeah,
4: a lot of friendly people on there.
1: Well, they would be people who like to get their hands dirty. You know, and my problem is I couldn't. If I got down, I couldn't get up. No. I'd have to have someone out there with me at my place. I I'm know with that. You, <laughs> I know that the last time I I gardened, I w- I had a stool, and then I had to roll off like a little baby and get up my knees and stuff. the The legs won't carry me anymore. And so, when we talk about um, a forest, a forest doesn't need. It doesn't get well. It does get sprayed by herbicides.
4: Unfortunately, ours do. If yeah, it the um, city.
1: Glyphosate, yeah. you Yeah. Know,
4: which and, kills off all natural, like any natural berries yeah. that we would have. And then it also contaminates them, too.
1: It does. If they're left. Yeah. Which is sad.
4: Because a lot of people like to forage around here.
1: Yes, they do. and I'm one the, of them. I, well, I have uh, I, people come in and steal my uh, ferns because uh they what do you call them when they they like cooking the yeah. the ends of the ferns? Fiddle yeah Fiddleheads, fiddle yeah, and I got a forest of ferns <laughs> and um and so you myself uh, <laughs> well, I like them too, but the forest looks after itself, it doesn't really need humans to come in and mess around, and That's the right. forest that I grew up in back in ontario uh the it even had um hazelnut trees in it.
4: Nice. Yeah, uh, we have hazelnuts here that grow naturally in Prince George, apparently. Yeah. Oh. yeah if, if someone pointed them out to me, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. How neat. I used and to then, pick them as a kid. Uh-huh. Nice.
2: On Connaught Hill.
4: <laughs> yeah, and then, uh, like you were saying, uh, you know, the forests don't need... Any human interact- action, and nope. what, what we're learning is we can copy these systems and patterns and model them to our own food for us. So like I was saying, you can plant in what you would like to have,
3: mm-hmm.
4: plant whatever you like, you know, you can... You have your fruit trees, your berry bushes, and then the the another great thing about that is it's less work. the The more it goes on, the yeah. less work it is because, like, once you have it already established, well, I don't need to plant this anymore. I, I can just harvest it every year, and you don't clean up your leaves. You just let them let fall them, and yeah. decompose. That's
1: what happens in the forest. That's right. And um, you you say, "Rosa trees are not forests; they're an orchard." That's right. Rows of uh, trees with plants underneath are not food forests. They are orchards with underplanting. Rows of trees with rows of other plants alternating between them are not food forests. They are orchards employing intercropping. Sharon, we're just about out of time. Oh, are we? Well, oh come on, gosh, Patrick. Yes. Let's uh, uh, give out information on how people can get a hold of you.
4: Uh, you can easily find any of the groups. We got. Uh, we got the permaculture page, uh, uh permaculture gardening in zone three. Yeah, we got, okay. uh, Prince George gardeners. That's a Facebook group. Anyone is welcome to join.
1: Right. I've read that one.
4: And, uh, from there you can pretty much find me. I'm all over that given helpful tips and all the time. But on a quick note, um, you only need a 38 foot by 38 foot, uh, area to start creating uh, food forest that will feed one person.
1: Okay,
4: and that's not a lot of space.
1: Oh, I'm gonna try in my my uh, my yard. That's gonna be full of trees and <laughs> see what I can grow there. Thank you for coming in, Patrick. I this is important. We need to meet again. I think uh, probably in April. Maybe I'll, I'll get a hold of you to see what we should be starting to grow from seed. Okay. Okay. Sounds great. And. Uh, It it went okay, right? Yes,
3: and thank you for having me.
1: (laughs) You're very welcome. (laughs) And so this is us
3: saying goodbye.